0: This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Well, friends, I want to take you back to my title for today's message is Mistaken Identity. You're going to love this story. Back in the year 2000, uh, my first year was teaching. It was the year of the Olympics. And I was part of a mission called the Shared Jesus Mission, where Christians from all over New South Wales would go to, um, there was five churches in Sydney that were doing it, and I ended up at a church at Beecroft, and we and were there to help the church um, do mission for that week. So I went down the train station and did music and street outreach and kids programs and youth programs, and we had a great time there. Well, after that week, I was, I was in, invited back a few months later to that church to speak to their youth group. And that was nice. And I took my um, girlfriend, Michelle, with me along to, the, to this event. Now, it just so happens that the pastor's daughter of that church in Beecroft had a thing for me. And she thought Michelle was my sister. <laughs> so throughout that afternoon, that evening, she was getting alongside of me. Trying to get my attention. She gave me this book and she wrote these lovely words in this book about me. And she eventually pinched me on the bum. <laughs> and then she found out that Michelle was my girlfriend and not my sister. It was a case of mistaken identity. Yes. Good story. A ripper, a ripper, a ripper. I wonder if you've got a case of mistaken identity in, in, in your world. Can, can, can you think of a time when, you, when someone thought you were somebody else? Or you thought somebody else was somebody else. And you hi, oops, you're the wrong person. I um, sometimes do this on the phone. You know when you ring someone's house and they've got kids in the home? And it's a boy and a girl and about the age of 11 and 12. And you say, hi, is this the girl's name? And happens to be the boy. All the other way around. On uh, Friday, I, uh, I think it was mum rang me or I rang mum. I can't remember. I uh, rang my parents' house, I think it was. And, and I was at Rhodes train station, there was people everywhere, and I heard a voice, and I went, hi, Dad, how are you going? Um, it's Mum, Nathan, it's not Dad. Um, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, other times, when we have uh, adults standing in a, like out in the foyer on the deck, and, and, and little kids are walking around, and they're, and they're looking for their mum and their dad, and they don't look up, they just look for the legs, and they go, that's their legs, and they look up, and they go, uh-oh, that's not the... Re-. Who's had that done before to them? yeah a case of mistaken identity yeah and I, and I and i reckon for many people in australia that that many people have a case of mistaken identity when it comes about jesus yeah they don't see him for who he for who he truly is you know many people see jesus as simply a historical figure and irrelevant for their lives but, but if we actually look at the scriptures and we look at them and try and understand what... When I say the scriptures, I'm talking about the Bible. As, as we look at the Bible and try and understand what the Bible says about Jesus, he's much more than a historical figure. He's definitely not irrelevant. The Bible describes him as God in flesh and the one who gives us eternal life. And because of that, we need to take him seriously. We've just hit December chapter. December chapter 1. Do you like that? This, that's what happens when you preach. December 1, it's the time of getting ready for Christmas. And over the next four weeks, we're going to look at this, this topic over the next four weeks. Who is this baby? Who is this baby? And over the next four weeks, we're going to look at um, the uh, birth narratives in the Gospels. Now, what's really interesting about the birth narratives is that the birth narratives are really only in two Gospels. Which Gospels are they? Yell them out. Luke and Matthew. You know, in the book of Mark, the shortest Gospel, there is nothing about the birth of Jesus. Go straight to John the Baptist. But in the Gospel of John, we don't have the Mary-Joseph story, but the Gospel of John takes us right back to the beginning. And that's where I want to go to today. Because in the book of John, Jesus is not just a historical figure or someone who is irrelevant for our lives, John chapter 1 tells us these beautiful descriptions of who Jesus is. John chapter 1 describes Jesus as God in flesh, the one who is the life giver, the one who gives light to humanity. He is the one who, who, who enables us to be children of God. It's an incredible passage. And if this is true, what we read about Jesus, we need to take him seriously. So let's turn, if you have your Bibles this morning, to John chapter 1. I've broken this passage into 10 slides because I uh, want to uh, pull out 10 things from this passage briefly that I want to look at. So we're going to read the passage, the, the first eight, 18 verses, and then we're going to go back through it. and want to pick out 10 things which I think are vital for us to understand who Jesus truly is. Here it is, John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And you'll notice that in these 18 verses, nowhere is Jesus mentioned. As you read it, you'll notice that nowhere is Jesus mentioned. But it's very obvious who the writer's talking about. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him, Jesus, didn't say Jesus, through that light, all might believe. He, John, was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, mistaken identity here, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Verse 14, incredible verse. And truth came through Jesus Christ in verse 18. "No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him, has made him known. Let's go back to verse one. As I said, 10 slides, 10 things I want to pull out of this text. The first description of this person can I call him a person? Let's go with person is that he's described as the word. Now, if you're a person who is coming to this text for the very first time, if you know nothing about Jesus and you read this text for the first time, and it's very hard for us to do that because many of us have got lots of history following Jesus, read the Bible lots. But if we come to this text for the very first time, John is writing, and it says in John chapter, John chapter 20, 21, the, uh, the reason I'm writing is so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. The whole reason John was written is that people would believe in Jesus, and by believing we have life in his name. So we are coming to this text brand new. Let's what he says about Let's see what he says. He says, in the beginning was the word. Now, that word is an interesting word. Now, why did John call Jesus the word? Well, there's lots of ideas, lots of theories, but I reckon it's around this word is the message of God. It is the proclamation of God. It is the presentation. It is, it is he is, we don't know that yet. Is it a he? Is it an it? We don't know that yet. He is the, 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 the spoken of God. And this message or spoken was in the beginning. He was with God. In other words, he was separate to God. And the word was God. So this message, this spoken, this this proclamation was there in the beginning. He's separate from God because he was with God. And, And yet he is God. And that's what we have so far. And then in verse 2, it uses a very important word, he. It tells us he's a person. He's not an it. He's a person. So he, the, he is the message, the proclamation of God, who was with God in the beginning, who is also God. Incredible description of who this word is. The second thing we see here is that he's described as the creator. Through him, through this word, This proclamation, this declaration of who God is, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that's been made. So we've seen that he's the word, the message of God. He's God. He's a person. And he's also the creator. The third thing we see is that he's the life giver. In him was life. Not only does Jesus make stuff, he makes stuff and then breathes life into them. He is the life giver. And when you receive him, he gives you that life. He gives you this eternal life. He is the life giver. And then it talks about here, in him was life. And that life was the light of mankind, friends. He is the light. He shows us the way. He shows us the way to God. He shows us the way to live. He shines goodness into a dark place. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light that through him all might believe. John was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. We can only truly see when we see it through Jesus' perspective, when we we go Jesus' way, when we live in the way Jesus wants us to live. That's when we truly, truly can see the way to go, the best way to live. The fifth thing I want to point out is that we have now a, a case of mistaken identity. Verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I'm reminded of a story of a gentleman named Don Wilson. Don Wilson is a guy, 70, 70 years old now, and he is a phenomenon. That word, man. He's one of the most greatest men I've ever met. He was, he was in um, Phoenix, Arizona about, when he was about 30, I think. And he was part of a few churches. And, and God put a, a burden on him to plan a church to reach the people of Arizona, to reach men. Before he was a pastor, he was a coach, a football coach. And he used to coach college football. And he goes, I, I want to reach the college football... Um, hello. Welcome. Maybe it's Jesus. Maybe it's the word. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. No worry. It's fine. He, 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 he I wanted to reach the man of Phoenix. So he had a dream to buy some land out, out the back of Phoenix, and he bought 100 acres of land out in the desert, because he believed one day that was a place. He got some men together, they sold up their houses, they put the money in together, and they went and bought this land in, in the middle of nowhere. They started to meet in a school, and the church grew, and it grew and went from place to place to place, Then they went to this land. They've, the first thing they built, there was a hill on it, and they put a tomb in it. Then they built a, a little tent. It was a tent that had like a, a plastic dome tent, and then, hey, plastic dome tent, and they put air conditioning in it. And then they built the next building. They built the next building. They built the next building. And over 40 years, this guy, through God's kindness, built a church which now has 34,000 pe- people meet on a Sunday morning. 34,000 people meet on a Sunday morning. He, he is a superstar. He, his, his leadership, his godliness, his vision, his name Don Wilson. It was, he had the fourth, fourth largest church in the US. Incredible man. When I went on the U.S. trip, we uh, sat with him, and he shares the story. I've, I've, I've now sat with him three times, and each time it just blows me away. Incredible man. And he retired two years ago from his church, and he was there now a multi-campus multi-campus church. And the uh, senior leader decided it wasn't wise for him to be part of the uh, large campus, and that he was to go away for a year. And he did that, and that's smart, and that's wise, and there's reasons for that. That's smart because if, if you're the guy and you walk out when the new guy comes in and you're still there, that can create problems for the new guy, yeah? That, that's the reason. So he goes away for a year and now he doesn't go back to the main campus where he was the man. He goes back to one of their um, satellite campuses of a church, of the church and he walks in and people greet him just like they would anybody else because they don't recognize him. And he goes and sits and he listens And then he goes home just like anybody else would. And he says, that's really great because the church is great and they welcome me well and the worship's great and the preaching's good and it's a really good experience. But actually within me, there's this deep pain because I was once the guy on the platform and they do the screen thing. So if you preach on one campus, you get satellited on the screen to every other campus. I was the man. And whenever I walked into a site, everybody knew who I was, and they would and they would welcome me. and And I didn't realise it, but it was an ego thing for me. and And but now I, I walk in, and they don't even know who I am, and that's and that's painful. But it's also right, and it is and it is good. But I've but I've lost something. And the uh, an incredible man. and And the, and the reason I share this story is because in in this verse, in verse ten, it says about Jesus who created it, <laughs> who created the whole world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And you could say those are the Jews, you could say those are people, and they did not receive him. Wow. It was a case of mistaken identity. They totally missed who he was. The sixth thing here is about those who did receive him. Yet, in verse 12, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. In John 3, Jesus talks about being born again. When that religious leader comes to him, you need to be born again. How can I go into my mother's womb a second time? You need to be born of water and the Spirit, Jesus says. And those of us who choose to come to Jesus and put our trust in him, he gives us a new life. The old life is gone. He gives us something new. We are born again. We have a fresh start. God welcomes us as his children. We are born again. The seventh thing is this, God becomes man. the Word. This spoken, this message puts on flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now, that word dwelling isn't the correct word. A lot of the versions use it, but in Greek, it's the actual word for tabernacle. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. What's that connecting to? Back to Moses when they set up the tent of meeting. It was a place where they would meet with God. And so, God, just like He did at the tent of meeting at the time of Moses, God is saying, I am here with my people. God puts on flesh and comes and bees with His people. We have seen His glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. Now He's a Son. More information who has a father, God the Father, full of grace and truth. We have seen his glory. We have seen his character. We have seen his goodness. We've seen the wowness of him. Verse 8, this, 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 this man, this son, this word is greater than the celebrity at the time, John the Baptist, the, 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 our last Old Testament prophet. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he, comes, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. He's greater than who I am. He's greater than John the Baptist. Number nine, and then this Jesus gives us a new way. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Now that second grace that's already given is the law of Moses. God's law is his kindness to us, showing us how he's lived. And now Jesus has replaced that grace with a new grace called the new covenant, which is now living by the way Jesus wants to live, being led by the Spirit. That old covenant is over if you're in Christ and he's given you a new way. It says in verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, but now grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And now the last thing, number 10, is this. And the most radical verse, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Now, I love this little verse because it just says so clearly what God is like. If anybody asks you what God is like, what, what, what God is like, the answer is, look at Jesus. That is what God is like. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. God is revealed through his Son, Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus, for he is God in flesh. He's the one. Now, I said at the beginning of this message that many people in Australia see Jesus as simply an historical figure who is irrelevant for their lives. But if this text in John chapter 1 is correct, nothing could be further from the truth. For if he is truly God in flesh, he is the perfect picture of what God is like. He is the perfect picture of what God is like. And if we're we're serious about understanding this world and how it all works, we must include God. And so we must study Jesus to understand what God the Father is like. If he's truly creator, he's the one who owns it. He's the one who, who built it. It's his, and we should know who has authority. We should know how this place goes, and, it only, and we can only understand that as we, as we look to him and understand him. If he truly is the light, well, he's going to show us the best way to live your best life is by following Jesus. And number four, if it's true that it's by receiving him, by putting our trust in him, that we have eternal life, friends, we've got to know that. If he is the way to eternal life, we must take him seriously we must take him seriously so i asked you the i asked this question this morning do you have a case of mistaken identity do you have a case of mistaken identity you know many people see jesus as simply a great teacher he said things like love your neighbor as you love yourself and they go that that's good i like that but that's as far as it goes he's just a teacher for others he's just a historical figure that lived 2000 years ago for others he's an influencer who influenced society's thinking for, us, for others, those who are who um, who are part of the Islamic faith see Jesus as just a prophet. Others, some people who call them call themselves Christians, but I don't think they are. Religious groups see Jesus is just who was just a man who died on a cross. That's another case of mistaken identity because he wasn't just a man who died on a cross; he was fully man and fully God who died on a cross. It's, it's a case of mistaken identity. And maybe you have one of those views. And if you do, this scripture would tell you that you have a case of, of, of mistaken identity. But it also is true, I believe, for Christians. And if you're a Christian this morning, I want, to ch- I, I want to challenge you in two ways around this idea of mistaken identity. The first way I want to challenge you is if you see Jesus as some sort of second-rate God, if you see Jesus as some sort of second-rate God. I, I, I did this for a while. When I was growing up as a kid, I grew up in a church where I was in a Sunday school where the, where the guy who taught us, he was very faithful in lots of ways, but he taught us the Old Testament the whole time. And he taught us the commandments and the laws and, and about the kings and how they were supposed to react and if they, and how the Sabbath was supposed to work. And I had this understanding of God, a bit like Judaism really, where, where I understood, the, not like them really, because I, I couldn't memorize the first five books like a lot of the Jews can. But, but what was entrenched in me was this Old Testament view of God. So then I would look at the New Testament and I would read how Jesus would break the Sabbath and I'd get offended by that. Jesus, how could you break the Sabbath? Now I didn't understand that Jesus was breaking the Sabbath that the man created, and that he was God and he could do what he wanted because he was working on the Sabbath anyway. Like I didn't understand any of that, but 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 but, but, but I didn't see Jesus as the one who was setting direction. I saw him as the one who needed to who defeated, the one who needed to fit him with the law of Moses. Because God and the law of Moses, that was where it was at, and Jesus had to come under that. And in he, and he, lots of ways, he did, but I never saw him as God, like, the, like God the Father in the Old Testament. Now, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it did to me. But, but my point is, is that if you see Jesus as like, God the Father's number one and Jesus, Jesus is number two, no, no, it doesn't work that way. The God the Father, God the Son, the God the Holy Spirit, that's the Godhead, that is number one. Yes, there's different roles within the Godhead. They, they, are, they submit to one another. The Father knows when the Christ is coming back and Jesus doesn't know that. There are different roles rules in the Godhead. But Jesus is not a second-rate God. He is God. Don't see him as second-rate. See him as God. The second area of mistaken identity that I want to challenge you on, and I reckon this is going to hit everybody, is around this concept of Jesus being Savior of our lives but not Lord of our lives. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like this, but it's true. Now, when we hear the gospel and we hear that we deserve death and hell, and Jesus has made a way for us to be forgiven and have eternal life, we go, yeah, that's good. We hear that our sin is forgiven because Jesus is our Savior, that he's the one who died on the cross. He paid the penalty. He took on God's wrath. He died in our place. We go, yes, 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 Jesus, I want you as my Savior. Amen? Amen? Yes? You with me? But he's not only Savior, friends, he is also Lord. He is also King of our lives. And not only do we receive him as Savior, but we come under his Lordship where he's the boss, he's the ruler, he's the king, and we're called to submit to his rule. And if we're picking and choosing what we follow and what we do, what we follow and what we don't follow, we have a case of mistaken identity. Because he's no, not only your savior, he's also your Lord and your boss. And that, hit, that hits all of us, doesn't it? We've all got areas where we go, you know what, Lord, I need, I need to get that sorted. I've got to get that sorted. On the US trip, I, we, we, we talked to a, to, to a guy named Kim Winters, large church in Phoenix, and he talked about selective believers. <laughs> I went, hmm, I think that's me. Selective believer, where we select what we believe, we select what behavior we're going to go for, and then we select the ones we don't. I wonder how many of us are like that. Selective believer is not Jesus, Lord. Selective believer is like saying, well, Jesus, I'll have you Lord for this bit, but actually I'll be Lord for this bit. But Jesus wants us to be Lord over all our lives. Now, let me say this is a journey. And when you become a Christian, it doesn't just happen like that. I mean, that's a choice to have him as Lord, but your life doesn't look like that straight away. God's doing a work. Mr. Rex is 94, and he's still doing a work in Mr. Rex's life. And we get transformed, and we get more and more like Jesus, and more and more conformed and come under his Lordship. But 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 it's God's will that that is our desire, that we desire to come under his lordship, to come under his rule, and we deliberately choose his lordship. So friends, if you have a case of mistaken identity this morning, I encourage you to take Jesus seriously. Seriously. Take him seriously. If you see him as some second-rate God, repent of that and say, God, I'm sorry for that. You, Jesus, you are. You are God. If there's areas where you're being selective where Jesus isn't Lord, I encourage you to repent of that and say, God, I'm sorry. I need to get that sorted this morning. Or maybe you're here and you've seen him as a teacher or simply a, a, a historical figure or someone who's irrelevant. And as I've shared from John chapter 1, you went, hang on a second. Hang on a second. He is. This Jesus is the one. He is God. I need to get my life right with him. I want to give you the opportunity right now to commit your life to Jesus. So with every head bowed and I closed, if you want to commit your life to Jesus, to believe he is God, to believe that he died on the cross, rose again, so that you can be forgiven and have a relationship with God, if you want that, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray together. Father in heaven. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.